Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jason and Colt's Father Son Thing podcast. My name is Cole, and I'm here with Jason. And uh, it's over. Spring yep. training is officially over. And we are excited. We told you guys on past episodes we weren't putting too much into the spring. We're looking forward to the regular season, and it starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, are you excited as I am? Yeah. I can't wait. I just want to beat the crap out of the Nationals. Yeah. Now but, that you don't have Harper, we're not going to get crushed every no, time. No, they still got a good team. Yeah. I've read something today where they're being predicted to win the World Series. I saw another one whose prediction was the Yankees, but wouldn't that be something? All the years of getting close and couldn't get over the hump with with Harper, and then if they lose Harper but go to the World Series... I mean, honestly, if the Mets don't make it to the World Series, I wouldn't mind seeing the Nationals win the World Series just so I can laugh even harder at Harper. Yeah. <laughs> That's how much I don't like this guy. I told y'all I'm petty. Anyway, um, so the spring training, to wrap it up, we told you we were keeping an eye on certain players. Yeah, Pete Alonzo, Robinson Cano. Rosario. Alon- uh, oh, Dominic that. Smith. You know, we were interested in the 17-year-old. I think it starts with an M. We can't remember. Yeah, his Terrible. last name starts with an M. Terrible with names, but he's a third baseman that looks like a left fielder. Like, he'll grow into a left fielder. Yeah. But I don't know. He's a shortstop. So, he might slide over to third as he gets um, a little older, but he, he's he a did, big kid. He did good in the spring. Yeah. He, you know, so, the Mets signed a lot of young ball players. So, we'll have to wait three or yeah, four we'll or five years. When DeGrom's contract's over, maybe these guys will come up. But yeah. we got to see a lot of things that we were looking for in spring training. We don't put too much into the wins and losses and uh, didn't record a podcast after every week just yeah. because we don't care about spring training. We care about the regular season <laughs> and the postseason. All we cared about was the moves that we did or didn't make. Everybody stayed healthy through spring training, which for the most part, we talked about you know the injuries on the last episode Jim with Lowry, Lowry and <laughs> Frazier. But for the most part, our pitching staff was healthy. So that's a big thing coming out of spring. And I think that's why Mets fans are so optimistic about this season is right now the pitching staff is pretty healthy. And they, and they had a good spring. So speaking of pitching staff, what do you think – how do you think they're going to do this year? Listen, the, the Mets are going to do as good as the pitching staff is going to do. So – and the pitching staff's gonna do good as long as they're healthy. Yeah. If if they're not healthy, we're gonna have problems. If Syndergaard goes down for extended time, if Degrom goes down for extended time, or Vargas, I wouldn't care about. Vargas. No, I mean we we can replace Vargas, but he had a good spring, so I got to give him a chance. Um, but Vargas, I kind of have this theory that they should pitch Vargas as our number two starter. Number two. Number two. But wouldn't Degrami first and Syndergaard? You would think, traditionally, right? But my thing is, and hear me out. So you got a team like the Mets, one through five. So you would think it would be Degrom, Syndergaard, Mats, Wheeler, Vargas, right? Mm-hmm. And then you take the other team, and they're going to put their top five the same way. So that means opening day, Degrom's going against Scherzer, and then Syndergaard's going against. Whoever the Nationals' number two guy is, you know, and then down the line. Team Strasburg, probably. Yeah, Strasburg. So, down the line, one through five, right? Mm -hmm. So, if you pitch DeGrom opening day, let's say we get a win. Mm -hmm. And then Vargas is going up against Strasburg. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a tough win 
with Syndergaard on the mound against Strasburg, you know, we have a better chance with Syndergaard. But my thinking on this is, okay, so we pitch Vargas after DeGrom. So DeGrom's already throwing that heat, right? And then we pitch Vargas as our number two as a lefty, soft-tossing lefty. And then we come back day three with Syndergaard, a hard-throwing righty. And then our fourth pitcher would be... Um, Matt's is righty, no, so... No, Matt's is lefty. Oh, yeah. Wheeler, I would have that as our four, so we would go back-to-back righties. And then our fifth starter would be Matt's lefty, right? And then we start back at the with DeGrom a righty, then lefty, then righty, righty, lefty. And I think if you throw Vargas in between DeGrom and Syndergaard, you can really throw off the other team timing and everything after just seeing the Grom and now a soft tossing lefty and then so okay so let's say odds are that it puts our number two starter on a little bit of a disadvantage because the other team's number two is supposed to be a lot better right mm-hmm. but in that thinking now our number three is Syndergaard so think about the advantage we have as our number three being Syndergaard and then our number four is Wheeler right so think about that advantage and then our number five is Matt's so think about that advantage against other teams' number fives. So one, three, four, and five, we're at an advantage. So you just throw Vargas out there in between the one and two and to kind of toss it up. I know it's untraditional, but if no, I was a manager, yeah. if I was a manager, that's how I would align it. Because I think too much is put into where a guy should be in the batting order, pitching rotation, and there's so much put in analytics but why, you know, why not try that, something like that? Some people, I put this on Twitter and we had some conversations about it. Some people agreed but said they would put Matt's as the number two to have that lefty there. And I would be totally fine with that. I would just like to see DeGrom and Syndergaard broke up with a lefty. I just kind of think back to, and you're too young to remember Tom Glavin, but I think back to Tom Glavin as a lefty soft-tossing really can throw batters off and maybe spark Vargas. You're the number two guy, Vargas. Step step your game up. You're not on number five. You know what I mean? Like really push him to have a season that he's capable of having. So that's just me. If I was a manager, that's kind of what I would do. But I think our that's pitching... That's actually a good idea. Too. I mean, some I, people would totally yeah, disagree with it, I'm sure. But I would probably put Matt's at number two and then Vargas at probably... Four, maybe? I mean, I just don't. I'm not a traditionalist. Like, I don't, you know, if uh, I got no problem with a slugger going up there and bunting for a base hit, if it makes sense. Like, I I like thinking outside the box, and that's just an idea I have about how you can strengthen your team's odds in three more, the three additional games at the three, four, five spot. Maybe giving up at the two spot, but with our depth at pitching, you could really have an advantage when three, four, and five come up in the rotation. So, I mean, if you had Matt's as the number five starter, there's people predicting Matt's to finish in the top six of the Cy Young. That's how good people think he could be. He could have a breakout year. So, you already know Syndergaard could possibly be in the top for the Cy Young, and DeGrom's coming off of Cy Young. So, could you imagine if our three and five starters... Our one, three, and five starters were Cy Young. Cy Young potential winners, and then the two and four 
would you know and our four in this scenario is wheeler so it ain't like he's a slouch and then our number two is var like we can win ball games with the two and four in that spot but that's just me it's my thing uh, that i, I can like ag- to- i can agree with that theory the only thing i would change about that is that putting mats at two and then Vargas at four. That's what I would do. Okay. Well, everybody, that's the beauty of baseball. Everybody has their own opinion, and, and it's fun to talk and, you know, yeah. scenarios of what could be. It's not going to happen, so we'll see how they do with their – they get paid a lot of money to make those decisions. But it's just something I don't understand why baseball teams don't do more. Mm-hmm. You know, why – you're trying to match up with the other teams, one or two. Why not be different? But, but – you looking at numbers and analytics when it comes to lefties, righties, and how a player's done against a certain person. But when it comes to pitching, it's just like, oh, those are our one, two, three, four, and five, and that's how we're going to pitch them. And that doesn't make sense. I would even mix it up sometimes, give a guy an extra day and throw him early. And, like, I would really try to keep the other team off balance on who's coming out. Of course, you kind of set it ahead of time, but I'm just – I don't think the one through five is that important. Um, so one of the big things that we both were rooting for this year happened. Alonzo coming up with mm-hmm. the big league team, making the opening day roster. So how do you feel about that? I feel like he could I feel like he has the potential to be rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Yes. Okay. Cuz with his power, he he can hit home runs and a lot of them. Kind of like Aaron Judge, but he, Aaron Judge hit 50 home runs in a season in his rookie year. Alonzo might be able to do that, but... 50 home... Yeah, 50 home runs in his rookie in his rookie season. Judge did? Yeah. that That's the record. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, I'll, Pete Alonzo has the potential to get rookie of the year. He just has to work on his fielding. Then he'll be good. And he's a lot better hitter than, you know, as far as not just a power hitter. But he looks like a guy that could hit, I'm not going to say 300, but I think he could hit 280, 290. I think he'll be able to and hit 20-plus home runs, 25. I don't, I don't think 30 is probably the over-under number for me. Like, you know, 30. I think he'll be right under 30 for, the, for his rookie year. But that still may put him in contention for rookie of the year. So that, that's a good possibility. We got the rookie of the year. Um, what about the team MVP? Who do you think that'll be? The team MVP? Honestly, I don't know. Because maybe if Edwin Diaz can step it up a little bit, maybe he... From his spring numbers? Yeah. Yeah. I think he was just working on things. I think yeah. I think he'll be fine. But, I mean, who do you feel as far as position players would be the MVP Maybe Conforto, because he's good at fielding, and he's also good at batting. So, it's it was a good deal when we got him. Well, so. we signed Conforto as, you know, he's in our farm system, so he's a homegrown player. Um, what about McNeil? Oh, yeah. McNeil could probably be in the top five on our team, top five best players on our team. McNeil could be. He has the potential is, to make is, the All Star team this year. This that's, is crazy. That's how I think that I'm about to say, because 
I think so highly of Conforto. But McNeil, watching McNeil, he could easily be NL most valuable player in the NL. Honestly. I, I, I think he that. I think he has the potential to win a batting championship. I mean the the, the kid just hits. Like I, I I haven't seen a lot um of young ball players with the discipline that he has and how he's able to spray it all around the field. Um now you know how I feel about Conforto. I think Conforto is way better than Bryce Harper as far as the next five years is concerned. Ceiling is a lot higher, and I think this is going to be Conforto's breakout year. And I think, you know, Conforto's going to help McNeil. McNeil's going to help Conforto. But it wouldn't surprise me is what I'm saying. I'm not predicting McNeil to to win the NL MVP. But if if he had a magical season, it would not surprise me at all. If he hit over... 330. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, this guy can hit. So, so I feel like he has the potential to make the all-star team this year. Absolutely. And and this is somebody that doesn't have a position. You know, can, like like when we signed Lowry and when we signed, well, we have Frazier, but you know, this is somebody we were having to put into the outfield just so we could have him on the field to play because we know what a, what a good hitter he is. And here we are talking about him making the all-star team and possibly you know, NL MVP. So it's very... I agree with him getting NL MVP. I mean, the, the kid's got to be on the field. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting starting him at third base. Let's say he's red hot coming out the gate and, you know, he's doing good defensively. And then Lowry and Frazier start coming back from injuries. It's like, what do we do? You know, do you're not sitting him if he's hot, you know, so does he slide out to the outfield? I don't know, but it's a good problem to have. So, you know, if if Alonzo doesn't start hot, they can sit him. They're bringing Dominic Smith, and that's that's another interesting point, bringing both Dominic Smith and Alonzo. um, They're not going to platoon. Maybe they switch off. They said they're not going to platoon him, which, you know, Alonzo is definitely going to get more starts. I think you gotta put Dominic Smith in right field. Right field. I'd put him in right field. I would. I would. Right field. Yeah. I put him. Why not? I just. I don't know. I just feel like he can't play in the outfield. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I gotta have his bat in the lineup to see if it continues in the regular season. He can play outfield. He's played outfield some already. I mean, it's not like it'd be totally new to him. But I honestly think that's why they're bringing him, bringing him along, is to maybe play him in the outfield some. Because I, I like Keon Broxton, I'm a fan. Um, I'm kind of over Lagares, but I'm, I don't want either one of them starting. It's Conforto, Nemo. And who else? Who are you gonna put out there? I would probably put Broxton out there yeah. because he he has speed and if he can bunt, he, he can get to first base easily. <laughs> like, <laughs> or just like get one in the upfield. That's an easy double. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would take Keon over uh, Lagaris and same. And they haven't come out with opening day roster yet. Our lineup Except for Alonzo. But, well, I'm talking about the lineup, but. They'll probably play it safe opening day and have Keon Broxton out there or Lagaris. 
along with Nemo and Conforto, and Cano at second, Alonzo at first, Rosario at short, McNeil at third, our catcher, Ramos, and, and of course, DeGrom. So, but I think we may see Dominic Smith in the outfield playing a little right field. Pop-Up says that they want to play Conforto and right. That way, when Cespedes comes back, he's yeah, good. But that's what I was thinking. Like when Cespedes comes back, where are we gonna put him? Yeah, which he would go to right field. So that was what Pop was saying that they want to keep him in right. So when Cespedes comes back, they don't have to move him again, which could mean playing multiple of people in left, but and putting Nemo like in maybe center. Nemo in left, and then. Brock or well, Nemo would have to play center if you had like Smith and Conforto on the corners. So, um, we'll see. You know, these are good problems to have. We have depth, so we've talked about that a lot. You know, we have depth, and we'll see what happens. Um, what else is you feeling about this season? Any other predictions or? I predict that we're gonna. I predict that we're gonna. I predict that we're gonna make the World Series. That's what I think. Uh, I predict that we're gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> we'll start with the playoffs, and we'll see how we do. If we make the playoffs, and our pitching staff is healthy, we're built to win a championship. We've got the team that can win a championship because of our pitching, but everybody there's a lot of ifs, and there's 162 games to play, so we'll see how it goes, but. I'm with you, but I'm not, you know, because I don't. I just want to make the playoffs. I want it to be entertaining. I want to have meaningful games in July, August, September. So. I remember when we made the playoffs in 2016. We lost the NL Wild Card game. <laughs> Are you mad? Yeah, it was against <laughs> the Giants too. Do you remember who pitched? Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> yep. So I'm glad that you have those memories, and because I definitely have some of those memories where I was frustrated with the Mets as do, 2015. as do all Mets fans if you're a true Mets fan you have your moments that um, stick with you but one of the the major things that I'm looking for is to see who the next person the Mets sign so who do you think that's on the team now will be the next target to sign up to a contract extension would it be Syndergaard Conforto, McNeil, like who do you think is the most important guy to lock down to go along with DeGrom? Probably Conforto. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, that's my Conforto or McNeil. Probably. Conforto is my guy. Like I, I, I just like watching him play. I mean, he can hit. I mean, I'm getting big, you know. He's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, McNeil's really impressing me, but because it doesn't look like a fluke. Like, he, he's he got some plate discipline, and he ain't trying to do too much up there. He's just going with the game. It's fluid. Um, you don't remember seeing Tony Gwynn hit, but it... I've heard of him. Yeah, I mean, when Tony Gwynn was a hitting, when he was up to bat, it was just fluid. Wherever the pitch was pitched, boom, you know, hit with some power. But wherever the ball was pitched, that's where he hit it. And it was fun to watch. And that's what McNeil reminds me of. And that's what I liked so much about Conforto 
Because even though he's a 30-plus home run guy, he'll spray the ball over the field. It's just he sprays it out of the ballpark all over the field. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what Bryce Harper used to do until he wanted to pull everything. I don't like you, Bryce Harper. So I'm rooting against you. Yeah. <laughs> if the Nationals make the World Series, he's, I'm going to watch He's like so my hard. nemesis. <laughs> so glad he's not a Met. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, a lot of people think we need to lock up Syndergaard. But Syndergaard's kind of, eh, I don't know. Because he, he could get hurt again. I mean, his pitching, the torque on his arm, his shoulder, he, he makes me nervous. Plus, he's kind of a loose cannon. Like, you never know what he's going to say to the media. Make somebody mad. If if Syndergaard does get hurt, I would sign Kiko just in case. Like We, would sign, we said to sign Kiko when everybody was good. So, yeah. yeah. I can't believe that. Like, we should sign Kiko just in case. Like, put him as a relief pitcher maybe until one of the starting pitchers get hurt. And then we can put him in as a starting pitcher. Um, you never know what could happen. I can't. But he, he's still a free agent? Um, yeah, I just looked it up. It said he was. Wow. Like, what is going on that he is still a free agent? I don't get it. But somebody's going to sign him because somebody's going to get hurt. So yeah. he'll be signed within the next month for sure. Um, Hopefully for, for the Mets. Well, I don't want anybody to get hurt that we have to sign him. I wish we would have just signed him already yeah. and built our depth up like we've talked about. But. Anyway, it's an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Baseball starts tomorrow, opening day. For Mets the Mets, 1 Na- o'clock. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it 1 o'clock? 105, yep. So, Mets and Nationals, Jacob DeGrom Day. We will be coming with another podcast tomorrow to wrap up game one, do a recap of how it went, and give you our analysts of the game and just kind of what we saw. And hopefully, we're talking about a win. But it'll be okay if it's a loss. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be okay. That's usually what happens on opening day. No, the Mets are good on opening day. You'd be surprised. I think the Mets have one of the best records in all of baseball. I remember in 2016, we lost to the Royals on opening day. I mean, somebody's got to lose. Half the team's got to lose. So. Yeah. So we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Just, yes, we will. And uh, hope everybody is as excited as we are. Let's go Mets. For the Jason and Cole Father Son Thing podcast, I'm Jason. I'm Cole. See you tomorrow. Peace. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.